everybody, welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and I am reunited with a still-alive Taylor Wells. You were out sick last week, but uh, I hear that you're feeling better this week. How you doing? I mean, I guess we could argue that I'm still alive, but I think you sometimes don't think I am at all. But I'm doing better. It's good. That's good to hear. Um, I don't think anybody wanted you to die before uh, we did this show. Um, it's going to be a good show. A lot of people have been asking for a long time to hear, to step inside the mind of Taylor Wells and uh, really get to the bottom of, which is what it is that you don't like about the Wind Waker so much. So we are finally going to be doing that today. Um, but first, before we get to that, just wanted to give everyone a quick reminder about our Daily Debate Discord server. I know that you're probably tired about hearing about it, but bear with me. Um, if you are a creative sort and you like seeing your ideas come to fruition, can't encourage you enough to head to ZeldaDungeon.net. There's an invite link for our Discord server. Join. There's a great community of Zelda fans there. The writers are interactive. Uh, I try and be very interactive. Uh, and then there's a special Daily Debate channel that you can go in and pitch your own ideas, which, uh, you know... Last week, we covered a wide variety of daily debate ideas, and it was really fun, and there were some really great ideas, and they were all user-generated. So if you want to get in on that action, join our Discord server. Uh, and I think it's been a pretty cool experiment, wouldn't you say, Taylor? It's turned out quite well, I think. There's been a lot of people who were really, really interested in sharing those ideas, and I think um, everybody was ex- everybody in the uh, community side was excited about it as we were. Uh, and there is definitely opportunity for uh, really creative, really engaging, really the consistent sorts in there to go on and, if they wanted to, join our writing team. I'm uh, I'm talking to one guy that's a member of our Discord, and he had some really fresh ideas, and he asked if he could, you know, join us on a consistent basis. So that's something that we're doing, and that could definitely be you. If you're interested, so head over to ZeldaDungeon.net. The permanent link is on the side. Join our Discord server. See what all the fun and shenanigans is about. Let's dive in. Before we get to Wind Waker, let's make them wait just a little bit more. Let's talk about the biggest piece of news in the entire video game industry that happened this week. Earlier this week, Nintendo came out with a stunningly frank video that said something along the lines of... The development of Metroid Prime 4 has not met our quality expectations, and as a result, we are restarting. From the ground up, the development is going to be passed off to Retro Studios, the devs responsible for the original Prime trilogy, and we're sorry about this, but we figured it would be better to release a good game later than a bad game sooner. Pretty big bombshell from a typically conservative Nintendo, no? Yeah, it's... Uh, It's surprisingly unlike them to kind of just have this whole thing of, oh, we kind of screwed up big time. But at the same time, it's also, I feel really good that we're kind of getting this honesty out of a video game company. Uh, Because there there are quite a few studios out there who I don't think would be quite as frank with how badly they messed up, you know? Uh, there's quite a few studios out there, I think, that would look at the initial investment into the game already and determine that, you know, either just cancel it or say, like, look, like, we got to make some of our money back. Even if this thing is a stinker, we got to release it. 
Um, yeah, Kojima. Me, not that fair whole... to say, but Assassin's Creed comes to my mind immediately yeah. when I think of games like that. Just like kind of rushed out and, uh, you know, we know it's probably not the best, but we got to make some of our money back. Um, but yeah, just a really a stunning announcement. And any, anybody listening to this show uh, knows that uh, I am a giant Metroid fan. Metroid Prime 4 was my, like, that. that's the game for me. So it, obviously it's apparent now that we are not going to see that at E3. I think we were both at the same page that this game would not be a 2019 game. Yeah, we were both talking quite a bit about it, both um, in our E3 predictions chat and as well as uh, a few episodes ago when we were just talking about things we might see in 2019. And yeah, no. Uh, it's I, I feel like surprising. now it's it's obvious that we're not going to see this game in any you know form yeah, or fashion in 2019 sure. now. But at the same time, we're probably not going to see this game in any form or fashion in 2020 either. You got to think that if they're completely restarting, then it's probably a 2021 game at best. Probably. It also depends on how big they kind of want to make it. Um, and, and I think that obviously Nintendo has never mailed in a game before. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that it's going to be, you know, probably the biggest and, and boldest Metroid Prime game yet. So... I feel like late 2021 is, is kind of like the best case scenario right now. Um, but yeah, just a, just an incredible move by Nintendo that just kind of sets the standard for big publishers and, and delivers a message that quality is king. And it's not about just reaching into consumers' pockets and, and taking the money from it. It's we're going to give you the best possible experience and we're going to earn your money. Because, you know, I'm sure Nintendo is losing a bunch of money on restarting development like they've been working on it presumably for i mean at, at least over a year at least since they showed it off at last at 2017's e3 well that's the other thing too is that we we weren't really seeing very much of anything in terms of like trailers or announcements or anything like that and i think uh, i don't yeah, know it was just the initial was guy who was saying that this kind of reminds us a little bit of breath of the wild and where we were just getting these little snippets, but really nothing substantial. Well, so, yeah, and I, and I brought that up in our Daily Debate channel, cheap plug for the Daily Debate channel. And I said that, like, this, it kind of reminds me of Breath of the Wild, but without the transparency. So, you remember during Breath of the Wild's uh, developmental cycle, and it just went completely dark for about, I don't know, a year and a half? Yeah. Does that not almost, does it not kind of seem similar? It's just like, maybe they were doing Breath of the Wild and it's like, hey, this shit ain't working. We got to restart because this, this sucks. It definitely smacks of that. Yeah, yeah. It, it totally feels like kind of the same thing to me. Like the, I, I don't know, but maybe just with that, without the transparency, it feels like this time, instead of announcing Metroid Prime 4, in 2017 and then you know not seeing anything from it again until the year 2020 nintendo was like well fans weren't exactly thrilled about breath of the wild and how secretive we were about that maybe this time let's feed them a bone and at least keep them in the loop about what's going on that's very much what it feels like to me it's either that or they realized how poorly the development was going and they and they realized they wouldn't even be able to kind of pull the same thing they did with Breath of the Wild and where 
you know, at least we got, you know, what was it, like a, a 40 second tra teaser from Breath of the Wild after the big announcement trailer, and then we got nothing yeah. until the E3 presentation where we had the whole Treehouse demo and all that. Yeah, I want to say that it debuted at, oh man, twenty E3 2014 is the first Breath of the Wild trailer. 2014, one of those two. And then at the Game Awards the following year was when we had that little uh, gameplay snippet. And then after that, it was just completely dark. And, and obviously, you've got a different thing going on because it was originally a Wii U title and then they ported it over to the Switch. So you you have that different set of challenges and circumstances for Breath of the Wild. But it, it does feel very reminiscent in my eyes. And I think that, like, I think that Metroid Prime 4 is going to be like the Breath of the Wild for the Metroid series. Probably, and with that in mind, like, I'm actually really excited that they were at least able to come forward and say, hey, you know, we we weren't happy with this, but that being said, we're not giving up, we're restarting from, uh, from ground zero, and we're going to build into something great. It was... It was not not just refreshing from a from a studio perspective, and and where we're mostly just told marketing uh, ploys and and lies and well not lies but like you know deflections, and you you don't get real answers a lot of the time. You get right. You get kind of those deflection answers. Like you you get an answer, but they're not really saying anything. And and I think one of the the best parts about this too was the fact that they actually told us, hey, you know. It wasn't cutting it out before, but we're going to try restarting, and here's who's going to be doing it. And that's funny, too, because they never did announce who was developing Metroid Prime 4. Um, the rumor in innuendo has it that it was Bandai Namco, and, you know, that yeah. <laughs> it, it seemed weird that they would outsource such a big game like that, but not unheard of. Um, but, yeah, it, it is... It is comforting to know that, I mean, despite the fact that most of the people that worked on the original Metroid Prime trilogy don't even work there anymore, but there is that kind of reassurance having Retro back in Metroid. I mean, it just, it absolutely broke broke my heart to see that this game was delayed, but, you know, in, in the immortal words of uh, Miyamoto-san, a, a bad game is bad forever, so and a delayed game will eventually be good. Yeah, I, I don't think necessarily that you know spending more time on a game necessarily inherently makes it better but i think it absolutely gives it even a, a better chance of hitting kind of those those marks that we all want it to to hit so i don't ever think that when i hear a game is delayed i don't ever think that it's bad news i just think that you know oh maybe you know, maybe something just didn't go right in production, or maybe something uh, was odd, or maybe they noticed something game-breaking, and at least hopefully now they have the chance to fix it. So I think Metroid Prime 4 is... And I mean, it's almost better. Yeah. It's almost better that they just obliterated it and started from the ground up instead of trying to work with something that maybe wasn't working and tweak it. Like, a lot of times it's just easier to blow it all up and start over. Sure, yeah. So... Yeah, ulti ultimately it kind of sucks, but yeah, I think yeah. ultimately it's good news. So it yeah, you know, it's good and bad. Um, but it was definitely an an unprecedented move. I think uh, I I watched the video twice and was just like I I can't believe that Nintendo, the company that 
you know, you couldn't squeeze two drops of sweat out of is this frank and this open. So it, it's, you know, more and more, it's just, it's a different Nintendo. It's a changing of the times. It's a changing of the guard. So hoping that retro does some good things. I think, I think it's more to do with like, it was on Nintendo's terms as opposed to, you know, gamers or, or journalism company sites trying to squeeze the information out of them. It was Nintendo just deciding, Hey, it's time for us to do something, and so maybe that's why they're a little bit more open with it. Um, well, either way, we are wishing Retro Studios all the best, and uh, I can't wait to play Metro Prime 4 whenever that may be. I will say, I hope they don't call it Metroid Prime 4. Name it, like, name it Metroid Prime something. No number, you know? 4 is just a weird number to put in a video game. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I. You know what? I... I would like to see uh, some something more along the lines of like a like an attention grabbing title kind of thing, like maybe Metroid Prime Ridley's Return. You see, you see a lot of ones, twos, and threes, but not a lot of fours. <laughs> yeah. Metal Gear Solid Four comes to mind, but like you know, other than that, they've got these cool snazzy titles. Metroid Prime Four. Eh. Well, especially since you know the Metroid Prime series was originally designed to be a trilogy, and then they were like, well, no, let's add on to that. Um, yeah, I think when they say Metroid Prime 4 as well, it's just, like, the style of gameplay. I, I think that the story about, like, the phase on and stuff like that, I think that's probably done. But, uh, yeah, anyways. Alright, let's, uh, let's, let's get to it. Are you ready? I People am ready have been asking me for months, what is that Taylor Jerk's problem with Wind Waker? This is my favorite Zelda game. He shits all over it every time we talk about it. What, what is up with this guy? Um, now, Taylor, you're going to take a lot of heat for this. Are you prepared? You know, I, it's, it's no different from any other day. Um, I also want to make one thing abundantly clear before we start this. I am going to be playing Devil's Advocate and Defending Wind Waker, but I'm going to be honest with all the listeners out there, it's not my favorite Zelda game either. If, uh, if I were ranking my favorite Zelda games, which I do on a yearly basis for Zelda Dungeons Best Zelda Ever, available on ZeldaDungeon.net. Go check that out. It would be in the lower echelon of Zelda games. And it was, for me, not quite as low as Taylor. But, you know, it's a middle-of-the-pack Zelda game, so uh, I just want that known to everybody. But I am going to do my best to defend this game. Let's do it! All right. Before we start in, I want you to talk just briefly because we've covered it a lot in the past. But I, I want you to talk about briefly Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, what those games uh, mean to you and where they sit on your all-time Zelda list, just so that we can get a little bit of an idea about what you like and what you don't. Sure. So Ocarina of Time is, I think, I think everybody at this point knows where that sits on my list. It's number one. Um this is a game that came out at a really rough time in my life, so it, it for, you know, don't need to drag it out any. It, it was a game that helped me kind of survive those times, and it taught me a lot of things that I don't know that I would have been open to uh, seeing or, or learning at that time otherwise. So it's... And not just that, like, the game played phenomenally for the time. It was obviously the first Zelda game. 
and uh, it it really just it, it made an impact, not just on me, but on everyone. Uh, it happened to be very special to me just because of my personal life at the time. But yeah, it was it was a phenomenal game. So that one sits at the top, and then Majora's Mask is right behind it. Uh, I think Majora's Mask did like Ocarina of Time. I felt had a good story, but then Majora's Mask kind of turned it into something that was more along the lines of exploring kind of like the individual stories that make up the whole of of Hyrule and, and in this case Termina and it, it just it felt real to me it felt nice and it was very dark which also mirrored my situation at the time and we have Link fighting up against, uh, against those dark dark times against those dark uh, forces which was something I could kind of identify both in my real life and in, in the fantasy world I was playing in. So the, those will always sit at the top. Let's jump forward here just a bit. Um, Space World was an old gaming convention and a particularly noteworthy, perhaps maybe even the most noteworthy part of Space World's entire legacy is the year 2000. Um, Nintendo is showing off Project Dolphin, which would eventually go on to become the GameCube. And there is a tech demo of Link and Ganondorf fighting. And it is in what is at the time pretty sick 3D graphics, the similar graphical style to Ocarina of Time. Do you remember that? And is that what you were anticipating the next Zelda to look like? So I <laughs> I think I saw that that demo actually much later on I don't I'm trying to remember back then and I don't I don't recall actually seeing that at the time it was released um I do know that when when I was thinking of the next Zelda game that was coming out because of what I'd been presented with before I was I was not necessarily beholden to it because I also knew where Zelda games were coming from, that this was just the newest version of it. So it could be like, oh, yeah, maybe something will change and we'll get something different. But I do think I was headed more towards the kind of 3D, more realistic, maybe more Twilight Princess style than, say, Wind Waker. But I don't know if it was really what I wanted. I think at that point I was just really happy to get any... um, any Zelda game, just again because of, of the situation I was in, it's like it was it was my escape, it was my way to uh, kind of get away from from all the things that were bad. So I was just craving more of it. Uh, so then, what were your initial impressions when you first saw the Wind Waker's graphical style? Because that did not go over well with fans at all. Uh, yeah, myself included. I, back in the day, I didn't like it either, and I came to appreciate it later. But uh, it was not a, it was not universally renowned. How about that? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I definitely was, I was with a lot of other Zelda fans at the time and going, oh, this is really different from what, uh, what I had experienced before and what I th- thought was coming to, to the Zelda franchise. Um. I didn't like it, but at the same time, I was I was willing to give it a shot. I was like, okay, you know, maybe this doesn't quite look the way I like. It, it's kind of it's too cartoony. It's too, 
you know, I like cell shade for for anime stuff and things like that, and I think I like the Breath of the Wild style of it better than I do uh, the Wind Waker style of it. But it it wasn't an absolute deal breaker. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I remember the word "kitty" being thrown around a lot. And I actually, I think I like it more now than I did then. All right, remember those words, listeners. Remember those words. Uh, yeah, I remember the word "kitty" being thrown around a lot when uh, when talking about the Wind Waker. Actually, and the the buzzword for it was Zelda. A lot of people called it that for short because of the cel shaded graphics. It was just, it was such a big deal when that game was released. I remember being uh, fairly young on internet forums and, and defending it, even though I didn't really like it myself, but I was just defending it with my with my heart's content against uh, all the Xbox and PlayStation fans and, and whatever. So 2003 comes around. Uh, when did this, I want to say May or June or something like that. This, uh, this comes out in 2003. The game, the game is I released. Don't the exact month. Did you play it at launch and how old were you? Without, without diving into deep details here, just give us your general take on your, on, let's say your first five minutes of playing the Wind Waker. Uh, so I did not play it at launch because as, as we all know, I'm one of the few Nintendo fans out there who did not have a GameCube. Um, so I had to wait, uh, I think about half a year or a year after the game came out before I was able to get my hands on it. But lo and, lo and behold, borrowed a friend's GameCube for a week and I played it. So you, um, you got your hands on it before like Twilight Princess though or whatever is the important factor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I definitely played it before then. I think I actually beat Minish... No. Did you no, get... I, didn't. Uh, I, did, I did beat Wind Waker before. Did you get Ocarina of Time Master Quest with it, the pre-order? Um, I didn't buy Wind Waker. Again, I borrowed this from my friends, oh, so yes, I don't yes, remember. Yes, that's right. That's probably the best pre-order that Nintendo's ever done. I, you know, I can't disagree with that. That that would be a really sweet deal. Master Quest was awesome. Um, so my he said first five minutes. Yeah, I mean, like, what was your what was your initial reaction to like you know you know when you boot up a game finally that you've been waiting to play for a while and you kind of you're moving around for the first time like instead of seeing it as a screenshot you're actually seeing it in motion. What what was your just initial reaction or impression? So I. Th- I think the first thing that struck me was the music. Um, Ocarina of Time actually had kind of the same effect and where you, you hear that kind of opening theme come through and it, it sets the tone, I feel, um, for for a lot of Zelda games, especially in the early 3D saga. And uh, I will say that when I heard that, I was, I was very optimistic. Um, when I booted up and I, you know, got through naming my file and starting the game, you know, the the art style was pretty much what we we saw from from the early snippets, and I, it wasn't it wasn't that pleasing to me. It wasn't something that I was looking forward to. But I was like, okay, it's fine. We'll we'll get over that at some point. Art style is one one part of a game, not not its whole. And the music was promising, so I thought, hey. You know, this could this could be a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, playing through the first five minutes, I was like, this reminds me a lot of what I had played a couple of years before. And 
I mean, obviously, in the first five minutes, there's going to be there's not going to be a whole lot of different, especially where Zelda games are concerned. It's going to be hard to find unless we're talking about Breath of the Wild. It's going to be hard to find a lot of the differences between maybe the previous iteration of a Zelda game and the next next one. Uh, yeah. So at, at that point, I I felt this is this is very similar to Ocarina. It's very similar to Majora's Mask. Uh, I don't like the art style, but I love the music. <clears throat> so I want to stop you there. So we've said three things here so far. You really like the music. It plays similar to your two favorite games. And you're so-so in the art style. You don't love it, but you're willing to give it a try. That's kind of where we're at right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Taylor Wells, my friend, I'm going to put you on the stand here. You have gone on record as calling this the worst Zelda game. you're You're standing by that? Uh, yeah. Definitely. I was hoping that I wouldn't have to do this. Let's talk about uh, what you just talked about, actually. Let's start with music. Some of the finest in the Zelda series, I I think that if we're being honest, we could could both agree. Um, Dragon Roost Island, an iconic theme. Um, The Great Great Sea has a really catchy, really fun, happy kind of theme. There's a lot of dungeon music, like the the Earth Temple, uh, Forsaken Fortress... I think that that has really great music. The final battle music with Ganondorf is uh, exceptional. W- would you agree that this game has really good music? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so music-wise, maybe not the worst Zelda? Oh, music-wise, this game is one of the best Zeldas. Okay. Let's talk about gameplay. You've said that Ocarina of Time is your favorite game. Mm-hmm. The Wind Waker plays fundamentally the same, though. So is there something about the gameplay that you don't like? Comparatively speaking, to Ocarina of Time. And when I say gameplay, I mean from a controlling function. Um, like the way that you move, the way that you fight, etc., etc. Right. So... The so my well I'm sure we'll get to the the finer points of why I don't like Wind Waker's gameplay, but as you said, for the most part, it plays fundamentally the same as Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, down from the lock-on system to most of the ways you move, the way you attack, the way you defend. Um, and honestly, that was probably one of the biggest problems with it for me because I was like okay I've now played the exact same thing for three Zeldas now and while Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are my favorite um, obviously it's 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 a whole mix of things that makes it my favorite yes gameplay is one of them but if I played a game and it has the exact same gameplay mechanics and I'm playing it three times it, it starts to kind of be okay where's the the new part of this where's the part where i do something i haven't done for the past four years you know? so let me let me interject here let me use an analogy to build a house you need the same basic foundations right you need to mm-hmm. have all the infrastructure you need to have the foundations you need, you, you need to have the basic same setup to make sure that your house doesn't blow over once you build your sure. house you can have three different houses though different color paint different interior, different decorations, different everything. Like, yes, the the Wind Waker didn't add a ton of 
quote-unquote new additions to gameplay but i mean it's not like it was bad right you using metroid prime 3 as an example all three of those games are terrific games built on the same basic engine even even you could go back and use metal gear solid a series that we're both really fond of or mass effect another series we're both really fond of right the the basic foundations of it are sound. Like I think the foundations of any Zelda game, even Breath of the Wild, that tried a whole bunch of new stuff. Like the solid foundation of the gameplay in every Zelda game is solid. It's great. It works. Um, and and that's not my issue with Wind Waker or my issue with Wind Waker's gameplay. Um, do you care to elaborate on that? Yeah. Oh, sure. Um. So like. I, I don't have a problem with, with Wind Waker having, you know, the this the similar controls and all that stuff. That's actually it's actually quite neat that, you know, Zelda games try and, and build that foundation so at least at the at the very least people are familiar. There's a with, sense of continuity. It. Right. It it won't take them too long to, to get used to what the basics are gonna be. So my issue comes into where the nuance is supposed to be. And I feel like Wind Waker didn't really have any of that nuance in its gameplay. And I think they tried to do a whole lot with kind of the the aesthetic of it, first of all. They tried to do a whole lot with the music, obviously. And they also tried to do some new stuff with the story. Um, and we'll get to the, the story gameplay, in just a second. It, sure. Uh, the gameplay itself... It, it seemed very much like they took the foundation, they built the foundation, but then they decided to have no floors, no walls, no ceiling. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not following you, I'm sorry. Elaborate on that. Okay, so okay, so they you have the foundation, so you can build anything you want on top of that, and they just didn't do that. They just decided, we're going to have the same foundation, we're going to have the same gameplay as we've had all before and we're going to add very little to it. we'll add a strut hero strut there but we're not really going to build any walls we're not going to build a, a ceiling we're not going to we're not going to build upon what we've started with uh okay i i can't i can't agree with you uh let's talk about the innovations that wind waker did well admittedly it it borrows a lot from ocarina of time it does add in some new things such as uh the sword combos, rolling, stuff like that while you're locked on, uh, rolling to the side. It's a crucial part of beating Ganondorf, so it, it fine-tunes combat. You have your, and I know that you kind of laugh at this feature, but your eye movement with Toon Link's dead eyes <laughs> looking at mm-hmm. looking at different parts of, of a room where you need to go. So basically it's like a built-in uh, hint system. Um, you have... You know, you, you have a lot of, on the story side, you have many new species that are added to the Zelda series for the lore. Um, and of course, for better or for worse, this game adds in sailing, which I mean, just fundamentally changes everything. It fundamentally changed nothing for me. Okay. I, I just, it, it's odd to me that you think it doesn't change anything, whereas sailing is such a crucial part of this game. And in no way is like riding Epona. It's a completely different beast. But uh, go, go ahead. Explain yourself. So I would actually argue that um, it, it, it seems really different from it. But ultimately, 
it really isn't. Um, so one of the one of the things that Nintendo tried to do with this sailing mechanic, one is they wanted to kind of give you you know that feeling of exploring this this whole land. They want to give you the the ability to you know feature not or not feature sorry experience you know that whole element of not just exploring but you know sailing be being a sailor you know being even, even if it's a small little boat uh who happens to be this really powerful figure as you find out later on uh you know it, they they tried to do something really big with it uh and then it also had a, a gameplay function in which it was used to kind of disguise its its loading its loading screens. So in, instead of you having to load in each area and things like that, you'd have this sailing segment where you're sailing to an island, and while you're sailing to this island, it's actually building up all those assets as you get closer and closer to whatever it is you're finding. Now, the problem with this is, is that what ends up happening is that it, it just feels empty, and it's just you sitting on this boat and you know having to adjust your sails using using the wind waker and uh you know using the king of red lines advice uh and the sails to match the wind and change the wind directions all that fun stuff which right but then but then how is this the same as ocarina of time so the reason i argue it's the same is because Oh, like yes, while you have to do a lot more like minor things, like because you don't have the swift sail in the original one as opposed to the HD remake, it you you're basically you're traveling the sea and you're just doing the same minor like minutia elements by changing the wind and then making sure you're you're still sailing the right way and sailing there as fast as you can. But apart from that, you're just traveling from A to B, and there's there's nothing really interesting happening. Yes, in the first like my five times of having to oh I gotta adjust the wind here or oh I gotta make sure that you know I'm I'm checking my map and making sure I'm heading in the right direction. Other than that, like that was fun the first five times. It's not fun the fact that I have to do this for eight you know eight, ten, twelve, fourteen hours as I play through this game. Um, so I, I want to say, I, I just want to, again, go on record and say that I agree. I think that sailing was not good. But what I am confused at is how that, how, how you say it's sim, it's too similar to Ocarina of Time, but then it has this completely different method of travel that requires more input and more directional shifts than Ocarina of Time did. Because, I mean, you didn't have to change the direction of Epona. You, you didn't, you know. No, and I think. And that's why it was better in Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. It's like sometimes more is not better. Um, like more minutia is not necessarily better than more uh, just looking around and seeing cool stuff. I, I guess that I'm asking that because before you've really pressed on the fact that it's not the graphics. It's that it didn't add anything to Zelda series. Whereas I, it, in my eyes, it's fair to say that it it did add stuff to the Zelda series, and maybe everything that it added didn't necessarily work. Well, I've I've said the same thing. Like it has added things. It's also not added a whole lot if we really look at it. And the things it did add were either unnecessary or didn't necessarily make it better. 
I've always stood by that. Maybe I haven't gotten, maybe I haven't explained it well enough, but that is something that I've always felt. I felt like with Wind Waker, I don't feel that the things that they did add, which were new, like the this, the rolling around, being able to do kind of a semi-sorty parry mechanic where you roll behind an enemy at the right time, you can do the, the rising backslash to do uh, some extra damage and get around defenses. You know, it, it was a cool idea for a mechanic, but I don't think that it quite had the development needed to kind of turn it into a fully-fledged feature because it ended up just being that one same move that you would end up exploiting over and over. And whereas in, say, like Twilight Princess, you at least had a, a fair bit of variety in, in those techniques, and I think that Wind Waker did provide the bare-bones necessities to improve upon that feature, but it wasn't the way it was implemented. It was like, yeah, okay, you know, that's the one new thing about the combat. Not really that impressive. So the last thing before we move on from this, because I feel like we're just gonna have to agree to disagree here, is let's go back to Majora's Mask here for a second. And I mean, obviously that game literally added nothing in terms of combat, in terms of any kind of gameplay mechanic beyond the whole three-day cycle, of course. Now, is that three-day cycle enough for you playing Majora's Max? Playing Majora's Max to say, like, wow, this is just a, a very different experience. Or, like, like by the same logic, it kind of seems to me that you'd be a little bit disappointed playing Majora's Mask, saying, like, there's nothing really that's changed. Like, playing this from a, from a point A to point B kind of basis. But that's not true, because the almost... Half of the game of Majora's Mask is designed for you to be fooling around with these transformation masks that you've acquired, as well as using, you know, granted, of all, what is it, 30 masks or 32 masks, you know, that you get, not all of them are designed to be used to change gameplay fundamentally, but there are a significant amount of them that do. There, there's so, enough that are got yeah. fear. Right, you've got Fierce Deity, Goron, Zora, Deku, whatever. You've got enough of these masks that actually provide a, a specific function and that you are designed to be using at these different points in the game that, you know, I, I find a significant portion of my time in Majora's Mask is actually utilizing these new features in ways that aren't boring, in ways that are uh, innovative, in ways that are, you know, contributing to the overall story as opposed to just being a mechanic that's there because we tried to do something different and it just kind of didn't work. So I refer a lot to sailing in, in Wind Waker as being kind of Skyward Sword beta version. And, you know, you and I both love Skyward Sword. We think a lot about Skyward Sword is great, but we both also agree that that, that sky was not the greatest thing they ever came up with and unfortunately for me it was worse because it, it it rang very similarly to what I played in Wind Waker before and I didn't like that change then and I didn't like it now so, so basically where we're Mask, at is you're gonna say I, I think that we've stuck up for Majora's Mask here that's, that's you know that's fine Oh, I was just gonna say with Majora's Mask, like the game, the gameplay there's there are significant gameplay changes that are, are not that don't even have to do with the three day mechanic, and I think that those changes are significant. I mean, Zora swimming alone is is one of them. Um, so let me ask you just like two rapid fire questions here before we move on. A game like 
what's a good example? Super Mario Galaxy 2 or a game like Banjo-Tooie. Same exact game, but refines the gameplay. Those are lesser games in your eyes? No, not necessarily. There's a difference between refinement and, or sorry, a difference between reusing old mechanics and then innovating. And I think Wind Waker tries to innovate, but does not succeed at it. Okay, and then really quickly too, do you think that the Wind Waker is more similar to Ocarina of Time than Twilight Princess? I'm sorry, say that question again? Do you think, if you had to say like, wow, Wind Waker just feels like Ocarina of Time, but they didn't add anything. Do you think that the Wind Waker is more guilty of that? Or do you think Twilight Princess is more guilty of that? Ooh, that's that's a tough one. Um, Actually, no, this this is perfect allegory. I think that I think that Wind Waker tries to do it. I think they're both equally guilty. They both try to do the same thing. I think that Twilight Princess succeeds more at what it tries to do than Wind Waker does. And that's what makes Twilight Princess a better, if not by much, game than than Wind Waker. So basically this is this is kind of where we're sitting here is you love the music, you are eh on the gameplay because according to you it doesn't add anything to Zelda but then it does add a bunch of stuff, but the stuff it doesn't add, you don't like. Is, I feel like, where we're at right now. Yeah. You see the fundamental paradox in that second sentence, right? There's there's no paradox to it, because I didn't like it. The All right, things let's, uh, let's move on here. Let, let's talk about dungeons. We're not good. Let's talk about dungeons. Um, Go ahead. I guess, as a broad question, what do you think about the dungeons in this game? Um, in my eyes... There are some standouts in this game. Uh, Dragon Roost Cavern obviously comes to mind. Uh, the Earth Temple also comes to mind. And those are the ones that you have, you know, your partner with you going through the dungeons. Um, those are the standouts to me. Maybe not the best dungeon, but I really liked the Forsaken Fortress where you kind of have that stealth element. It made me feel like I was playing Metal Gear Solid. And then, of course, the hilarious cutscene where Link just gets like smacked right up against the side of the of the building with the cannon where do you fall on the dungeons yeah. in this game um mostly the dungeons i i think with the exception of the earth temple ju- they kind of fell flat for me they again they reused a lot of elements that were were common in past ones which again is not necessarily a bad thing but if you don't add if you don't add on to it, then it doesn't. It's not new. It's it feels boring to me. And in this case, um, they just they they weren't all that interesting to me. And I don't. That may not necessarily be the fault of the game, but maybe more so the fact that just what the 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 bosses that they tried to incorporate and and the the puzzles that they did do in these dungeons just just didn't appeal to me personally. Um, so, I don't know. I, I did really like the Earth Temple. I, I really enjoyed um, going through with Medley. And, and, you know, now that she's this newfound sage at this point in the game, it's, like, kind of having her actually help you through and, and, and serve a, a good point of purpose in the game to, to helping you get get through it all and get get to the end it was a lot of fun and i thought i thought the aesthetic of it was interesting and i and i liked uh the earth temple but 
a lot of the other a lot of the other places I wasn't so much a big fan of. You mentioned the the Forsaken Fortress. I don't like games that try and incorporate stealth in where the game wasn't meant to have stealth in it in the first place. <laughs> I've been a big proponent of this for a long time, so that one did not did not feel good to me. It it felt irrelevant, like it didn't need to be there. Um. So just ballpark a number here out of ten. If you had to just lump all of the dungeons together. Give him a give him a score out of ten. What do you say? Probably a six. It would be maybe a four or a five if it wasn't for the Earth Temple. Let's talk about let's talk about the story and the characterization. Um, mm-hmm. Wind Waker definitely isn't my favorite Zelda game, but I will say that I think that the characterization of the characters is phenomenal. Uh, Ganondorf in particular feels just like a it, it feels like the first time that he's moved past this really badass intimidating guy to a three-dimensional villain that has reasons and purpose and motive for why he's doing what he's doing I think that Tetra in Zelda in, in, in this game was very well thought out um, it was you know I think Tetra the Tetra part in particular was very was a very refreshing kind of character and then she didn't lose a lot of that when she turned into zelda i liked the king of red lions i think that it was probably the best companion up until that point um and there's just a lot of fun little side characters in that game too like you know the introduction of beetle um and just a lot of like fun little charming characters like where do you kind of where do these guys rank for you, or do they add, do they not really add any value to the game? And then I guess the overall story of the game too does that not kind of add any value to it? Did you just not like it? What's what's the deal? So here here the there there are two things that Wind Waker does really well, and you know I I'm as much about admitting a game's uh, successes as as their failures, and I think Wind Waker, as we've said before, does music incredibly well it's one of the best zelda games in in terms of music i think in story wind waker has a lot of hits and it has a lot of misses there are a lot of really really great elements a lot of things that it it pulls off really really well and then there are parts of it that just fall really really flat for me so uh, Ganondorf, I absolutely 100% agree with you. It's one of the, the best uh, implementations of his character. It's one of the best explorations into his character. Um, I think that as a villain, uh, Ganondorf in, in this game is, is almost perfect. Um, he's, he's explored very well. It gives a lot more. Um, it gives a lot more background to kind of who he was in Ocarina of Time, and kind of maybe what what led to his his decision to overthrow the kingdom and to you know come into the world as this this driving force of evil and go after the Triforce. I think it makes him a lot more sympathetic, which is both a hit and a miss for me. I don't. I don't. Um, I don't think he belongs as a sympathetic villain with the way that Gandorf has always been designed, 
but the way Wind Waker does it, it makes it work, and so I can believe it. So I don't really have a, a problem with it at the end of the day. Um, but misses, uh, Tetra was actually a big miss for me because it felt very chic. It was this character who, it, it, again, it was one of those reused concepts that they tried to do something new with, but it fell flat for me. It didn't work for me. Um, I I liked I liked it better when Tetra was Tetra and she wasn't Zelda. When she got revealed to be Zelda, I was like, oh, I've read this book before. I've seen this before. I've tasted this before. Great. Why do I care now? And it it made it it made it worse for me. I um I don't know what a, a better way of explaining that would be, but I I wish Tetra had been her own character, um, and stayed her own character, and then also. But, when I, but she I mean, basically, Zelda, basically, she did though. The fact that she was Zelda didn't change her from being Tetra. If that makes sense, she, her personality hadn't changed. Like, did you not like her personality as Tetra before? No, I didn't mind her personality as Tetra. Um, what ended up happening is when she became Zelda, I feel like. The, the way they tried to pull it off was that Tetra was just so surprised that she was actually Zelda. And then when she became Zelda, she was just kind of like, I don't really know what to do, so I'm just going to do this. And it, it took her so long to get to the point where she just realized that all I have to do is just be Tetra. That... It, it, at that point, I was just like, "Okay, I'm over you. I'm gonna get this some, done." Some people call that great him. character development, Taylor. No, great character <laughs> development would be her would be her being shocked by it, but then not taking forever and twenty days to reach the conclusion of I should just be me. Uh, okay, okay. Like, let's let's you, talk about the King of Red Lions. Hit or miss for you. King of Red Lions is great. King of Red Lions, I agree, is probably one of the best companions uh, in all of Zelda. Uh, let's talk about the story as a whole, hit or miss, or somewhere in the middle. Rank like I get. I guess what I'm saying is like maybe just do the same thing as we did with dungeons. Give it a number out of ten. It's somewhere in the middle. I'd say it's probably a six or seven. Okay. So let's go back here and talk about your worst Zelda game ever list. So we have characters and stories that are somewhat middle of the pack like a six or seven out of ten we have dungeons that are again they're somewhat middle of the pack i think you said five or six out of ten we have really great music really great music yep and we have a game that plays nearly identical to your favorite game ever but slightly different and the stuff that it does add like sailing is a definite miss. So my question yeah. is to you, Taylor Wells, what makes this the absolute worst Zelda game ever? Because if you were asking me, it seems like this is a very middle of the pack game. Like you've kind of said like, yeah, this is like a six and this is a five and this is a, this is another six or seven. What What is it about it that, does, that just makes it the worst Zelda game because most of these categories we've we've said it's it's pretty good or it's okay 
But I mean, can you, can you honestly say that this is an objectively worse game than Adventure of Link or Phantom Hourglass yes. or Triforce Heroes or any of those games that are objectively considered to be some of the worst Zelda games? Yes. And it's it's simple because for I mean for one thing where again we're dealing with something that's based completely upon subjectiveness so you know how I feel about something is obviously very different about how some somebody else is going to be feeling about something so I also kind of grade things you know in my very own specific way so for example you know you could have the best music of any video game ever if that's the only thing your game has your game sucks I'm sorry. Um, I love music. I think music is very Im- important. But I- in a video game, is it as important as gameplay? Is it as important as story? You know, it's those things you have to think about. So, so what I'm asking is, you, is I- you're saying that Adventure of Link is a better game to play than The Wind Waker? Yes. Oh, boy. Defend that. Okay. Um, Adventure of Link changes everything. I mean, granted, when Adventure of Link came out, you know, we only had one game to go off of. But that being said, if you put Legend of Zelda and Adventure of Link together side by side, they are two almost completely different games. Yeah, but it changed everything for the worse. I I wouldn't, we'll see, and that's where the subjectiveness comes in. It's like, you didn't like what they tried to do, I do. Um, I I liked them trying to implement, you know, back then what were considered RPG elements into the game. I liked uh, having almost kind of like a, it it was an interesting thing to try and play Zelda, almost kind of like a Mega Man-esque RPG type, almost Final Fantasy as well uh thrown in in into one it was it was interesting to me i think uh i can't really grade it on its music i don't really grade a lot of older games like that on its music just because there's there's very limited to what they can okay do. But let's the switch gears then and talk about phantom hourglass uh, a direct sequel okay. to the wind waker lots of sailing mm-hmm. lots of the same kind of characters the same style mm-hmm. um but with touchscreen controls that i know you don't like i mean everybody listening to the show knows i am not a fan of them you think that you you think that phantom hourglass is an objectively better game than wind waker yes uh, but not by much so our argue <laughs> arguably um it's funny because phantom hourglass for me it recently i believe i put it below spirit tracks before but i actually put it above spirit tracks this year on my list um they're also only just a spot or two ahead of wind waker but for good reasons with phantom hourglass um it has the same crappy art style that wind waker has um it has the same crappy sailing feature that Wind Waker has. Uh, it doesn't have the same good companion boat that Wind Waker has. But the the gameplay, the implementation of um, of items, the like all the items that I used in Fam- Phantom Hourglass were interesting. 
Um, I really did like a lot of the characters and stuff. I liked a lot more of the characters in Phantom Hourglass than I did in Wind Waker. Um, I thought... Uh, I thought that overall... The game, the gameplay of Phantom Hourglass was improved. It it took what it took Wind Waker, transferred it to a handheld system. It tried to implement a new touch system, which I, unfortunately did not feel good. But um, I like the implementation of that touchscreen feature for things like the boomerang, for things uh, like the 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 grapple shot. I thought those were were fun fun ways and fun uses of it. I enjoyed how you could implement some str uh, strategic elements to it. So I overall I enjoyed the gameplay of Phantom Hourglass, um, but many of the other things that Phantom Hourglass did made it suck. Which why it plays. So you're right next you're to saying Wind, that Wind you Wind enjoyed Wind. the gameplay of Phantom Hourglass with its touchscreen controls. More than Wind Waker, which is basically just a retread of Ocarina of Time. Yes, because it innovated, and because for the most part, but the innovation wasn't good, well. and I know that you don't like the it. The innovation was good. I just got through saying how it was good. The way they tried to use it with items was good. The only thing that I didn't like was the fact that it was a touchscreen, but that's because I don't like almost any touchscreen games and where you're using a stylus for. But at least that the way that they tried to do those those controls were 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 solid uh were solid implement or solidly implemented made all the difference. Let me ask you a question. You said you enjoyed the characters of Phantom Hourglass more. And I'm sorry to Phantom Hourglass fans, I'm just picking on it because it's the direct sequel. Um Who's the final boss of Phantom Hourglass? Maladus, I believe. You're going to tell me that he is a more engaging character to you than Ganondorf. No, I I wouldn't say that. But again, a f one final boss does not make or break a game for me. So wh what characters in particular stand out to you in Phantom Hourglass over Wind Waker? Linebeck obviously is great. Yeah, I Linebeck was it was certainly a large part of that. Um, you know, for for all of my love for Navi, and even though maybe erroneously I think that Navi is is better, but you know that's more of a personal connection thing. Ciela wasn't bad. She she was not a bad character. She, um, if I was judging Ciela just for her and not. For not comparing her against, you know, Navi or Tattle or any of that kind of stuff. Ciela was solid, and I enjoyed having Ciela as as a companion and traveling with her on Lineback and and doing all those kind of things. As I said before, Tetra was fine, and you know, her appearance in in Phantom Hourglass was was fine. It worked. It was it was good for me, um, and and there were no. There's no real characters that really dragged it down for me, you know, other other than, you know, having to play as Toon Link. So if, <laughs> and his if dead eyes. Toon Link is the only if Toon Link is the only downside to it, then it's not bad. Which is also Maladus your main was, character. I know, but again, <laughs> the fact that he's the only one is what saves it in Wind Waker. 
Like, not every character I met I enjoyed or anything like that. I, you know, I did not like how the whole Tetra Zelda thing played out. I loved Ganondorf. I loved King of Red Lions. I hated Toon Link. I wasn't really a big fan of Errol. I didn't think... I was going to ask you something, but actually, why? I'm, I'm going to throw this in instead. Why? What is it about Toon Link that you don't like? Well, we've already been over this. It's those cold, dead eyes, man. They have no soul. Oh. And that's why you don't like Toon Link, because of his quote-unquote cold, dead eyes. I, I, you know, the, I will give you this. Uh, of all the things you've ever been right, upon, right about me, on um the the aesthetic for toon link is really what kills him the most for me and that is really what makes makes toon link the worst all right i'm gonna ask you some questions and i want you to just be honest and i want you to be frank for sure can you do that Mm -hmm. is it is it fair to say that you were disappointed in this game which in wind waker in wind waker yes is it fair to say that this isn't the worst Zelda game ever, but you rank it last because you were just disappointed in it? Is it fair to say that this is objectively a better game than Adventure of Link or Phantom Hourglass or, or any of those other games, but you were just disappointed in it and that's why it's at the bottom? No, not to me. Because this the whole this whole conversation is about my opinions on, on Wind Waker, not everybody else in the world's. Objectively, the way I view, the way I judge video games, no, Wind Waker is not a better game than Adventure of Link. Cutting you off, I don't believe you, but that I don't believe you, but that's okay. Uh, I want you to be honest about this too. If this game looks like Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword, is this a middle of the pack Zelda for you? Um, if it has different hmm. graphics but nothing else has changed, but it has Twilight Princess graphics, is this a middle of the pack Zelda for you? I don't know that it would work that way, but if it did, um, it would certainly lessen that impact on my perspective of the game, so yes, it, it would certainly be closer. I don't know that it would quite be middle of the pack, but it would definitely be closer. Is it fair to say that the graphics already had you going in with a negative predisposition before you ever played this game, and that's another reason that you don't like it? Uh, yes and no. Um, I wasn't jazzed about it. Absolutely not. But again, when I, when I go into game, into a game, and this isn't just with, with Zelda games, this is really any game. Um, ultimately aesthetic always, yes, does play a part in it, but I try and keep as open a mind as possible when going into any game, regardless of what it looks like or how it sounds or how it plays. Um, and un- un- unfortunately, my opinion about it did not change as I played Wind Waker. Were you looking and... for things not to like versus things to like because of the graphics? No, I was actually looking for things to like because, again, because as you pointed out, like I already knew that the the art style really wasn't mine to begin with, so. I was like, I was trying to look for things. I was like, what, you know, does that make the art style better for me? Does that make the gameplay better for me? Does that make the character better for me? Does that make the music better for me? Hard to do because that game's music is amazing. But I, I was actually looking more for things to improve it than to make it worse. I don't know if I believe you, but let's move on. Um, here's the million dollar question, Taylor. 
What would you change mm-hmm. about Wind Waker to make it a great Zelda game? Maybe not even your favorite, but a great Zelda game. Uh, probably the sailing. I would say if we could, like, <laughs> and I would, I would argue the same thing for Skyward Sword. If we could just make it interesting, like, please, just throw some fun stuff in there. Like, make it not just be a, a an alternative load screen. Make it not just be me sitting in a gosh damn boat playing a musical instrument every you know, two and a half minutes to change the wind direction. All right. Well, let me ask, let me ask you a question then. Did you play the wind waker HD? No, I have not played the wind waker HD. Obviously that game introduces uh, swift sail. Would that change your, your opinion on the wind waker? Um, again, it's one of those things that it makes it better, but because they don't change, enough of it it <coughs> sorry excuse me um it it does not it doesn't it doesn't fix it so no so because they improved sailing which is what you just said that you would change but they didn't swap out the graphical style which is a real reason that you hate this game it would not make it better mm, that's not the real reason i hate this game that's what i'm hearing no, I I said I love almost you. nothing about the aesthetic <laughs> when I was talking about the sailing. And you mentioned adding in a swift sail, which just removes the need to use the wind waker to change the wind direction. That's the only thing it changes, so it makes it being on the ocean slightly faster. No, that's not a fix, Andy. That's a band-aid. So no, it doesn't fix it. Come on, man. Is that all is that all that you would change is just sailing? If you're gonna no, I I would uh I would try and do more Twilight Princess esque stuff with the combat. I would try and make the items a little bit more unique, a little bit more um well used. I would also um Oh, see, the problem with improving the dungeons is that I I know the dun especially with the dungeons are concerned. Like that's just me not not finding those particular dungeons interesting. I think, um, I think they're fine overall as a Zelda dungeon. Uh, <laughs> shout out to our website zeldadungeon.com. So I guess is the reason that you don't find them particularly interesting because you feel that they're retreads of Ocarina of Time, or does it come back to uh, again? It's just like. This this was snake bitten from the get go. You didn't like the graphics, which spiraled into you didn't like this, you didn't like that, etc., etc. I like how you have this preconceived notion of why I dislike something, and so that's what you keep going. Back oh, to, I I, I want to be clear. I didn't like I didn't like the graphics either, and it took me a while to, to overcome them too. <laughs> like, so I, I'm not saying yes, that is a bad thing. But you kind of, you're coming at it as if like that's the only reason like every other person who dislikes Zelda fan it, like that's the impression you're giving me. I'm gonna flip this on their head. It's like why why are you coming at this so hard from the graphical standpoint? Because if we look back, great music according to you, middle of the pack dungeons, middle of the pack story and characters, gameplay identical to your favorite game. What Bad else? Gameplay. It's the same gameplay as Ocarina of Time, with no innovations, which is a big problem. We, okay, so me. hold on. You'd rather you'd rather bad innovations versus just fine tuning something. Um, 
No, I think that's two different things, really. Like, see, Taylor, it, it, you, I, have, game, I have heard you say, but no, yes, I, I heard I you say rather... that you do not like touchscreen controls for the DS games. But yet, yes, I because don't like it took a chance. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because it took a chance and did it, you're ranking it higher, even though it didn't do it very well. It did do it well. Phantom Hourglass has some of the best item usages through the touchscreen than any other Zelda game. Two games use touchscreen for Zelda games. Of course it does. No, I'm not. I'm I'm referring to just item usage as a whole. Like, Phantom Hourglass has some of the best item usage of all the Zelda games. All right, so let's let's just wrap this up here. So to change the Wind Waker into a great Zelda game, better sailing. Better combat. Better gameplay, or better overall gameplay, better innovation uh, on you, it. Uh, no, you that, can't, that you can't be say better change. overall gameplay. You need to be a little bit more specific. Yes, I can. I absolutely can. I, it's, it's the same gameplay as Ocarina of Time! No, it's not. Okay. Okay. Yes. It is the same gameplay as Ocarina of Time, which we played through for four freaking And it's your favorite straight, game! For three games straight. God, Okay. I love you. Ocarina is more <laughs> my favorite game because of a combination of things than just one aspect. Andy, you're judging games based off of one thing now, apparently. So if one thing is wrong, that means the whole game is bad for you. If okay. one thing is good, the whole game is good for you, that makes no sense. I'm taking an amalgamation of it. So for me, the aesthetic was bad, the gameplay was bad, the music was great, the story was okay, and the dungeons were okay. That makes for a fundamentally bad game for me because it Def- has what's more your, bad. What's than your definition it has of good. gameplay? Tell tell everybody what your definition of gameplay is. It's everything that has to do with playing the game. Okay, so, so in Wind Waker, in Wind Waker's case, that includes sailing, that includes combat, that includes movement, that includes puzzles, that includes dungeons. That includes item usage, all of that stuff. All of that is gameplay, just like in Ocar. In we'll we'll use Majora's Mask as a better. So hold on, just to just to say, so moving moving is exactly the same as Ocarina of Time. Combat is pretty much the same as Ocarina of Time. You just said that the dungeons are pretty good. You said that the items are pretty good. No, it's I just said sailing. The dungeons, I said the dungeons were okay. Okay, sorry. You said the dungeons were okay. The items are okay. That to me says to me that you should think okay, or the Wind Waker, sorry, is an okay game. Not not the greatest, but okay. No, so you you took two elements of But you're gameplay, but you're saying was, that it's the worst ever. No, you said two elements of gameplay were okay and then two elements of gameplay were bad and you're saying that I should think that the gameplay is good? <sighs> it's just just to summarize gameplay Combat's pretty much the same. Movement's pretty much the same. Dungeons are okay. Items are okay. Sailing's not good. But The Wind Waker is the worst Zelda game ever, according to Taylor Wells. Based on based on those merits. Yeah. We could argue about this forever, but I don't think anyone wants to listen to us bicker about it anymore. But that is going to do it for us this week. Um, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back here next week. We're going to be back here next Monday. In the meantime... Head over to Podbean, iTunes, like, subscribe, comment, all of that good stuff. Uh, we really appreciate all the support that we're getting. Um, it means a lot to us. I think that the last, the last like 
four or five weeks, I've just seen uh, a ton of, of growth with this podcast. So wanted to give a shout out to you guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, don't we, buddy? Don't be strangers. Let us know what y'all think about us, where we're going. The best way to do that is to join Discord, Zelda Dungeons Discord. Hop in. If you think me and Taylor fight about the Wind Waker, you should see us over there. We all, oh, man, we'll fight about anything under the sun. Come and join us. It's Pretty a great true. time. <laughs> yeah. This, um, maybe next week we can talk about Horizon Zero Dawn because I just finished it. We got into it last week after we got off uh, after we got off air and we were talking about that and uh, we got fired up and ready for this week for it. So maybe we'll touch on that a little bit next week. What do you think? I mean, if you want to have the same conversation, let's have the same conversation. Uh, this is a good time. This is a good time. We don't agree on anything, but damn it, I still like this guy. Keep him around. I love him too. Uh, head over to Twitter. You can find me at <laughs> Spateri316. You can find Taylor at GIF underscore Bluehawk. Three cheers for the Wind Waker, one of the, one of the great Zelda games. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you next week.